Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Welcome back in. Final hour of the program on Friday. And when it's Friday at 8 a.m., it is time to talk with New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her this morning is Councilor at Large Brian Gomes. Good morning, Councilors. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you, Tim? Doing all right. Good morning. Uh, I was going to say, it's a nice morning today. We'll see how you feel tomorrow when you wake up to the rain and storms and that stuff. Yeah, what a crazy storm we had this week. Um, what night was that? Wednesday night? Was, that was wild. Well, I, I think, yeah, we've, we've had a couple now where we've had, like, major hail come down. And, and I, I don't know that I've seen two hailstorms uh, in the course of a week like that. So, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe there is some climate change happening here. But uh, you mentioned Wednesday, Council President Moore, and I want to ask Councilor Gomes about this, uh, too, Um you know, we're getting into the into the time of the year now where there's a lot of work that the council has to get done in its own work. And then you're also getting out to some of these community meetings and everything. Council President Morad, how are you balancing, you know, the schedule with all the stuff that's before you? Do you have to kind of take a step back, especially with it being budget season? Or, you know, do you just try to fight your way through all these things that are on the calendar? The month of June is May as well, a traditionally crazy month for the council with lots of meetings and trying to get things closed for the fiscal year end and then the budget hearings as well. But what we've been trying to do, and we did it pretty successfully this week, uh, you know, Council Gomes and Council Kiney represented us at the community meeting for Parallel Products. And, you know, the rest of us tried to do our best to be at the uh, committee meetings that were being held so we had quorum. And we've been doing that pretty successfully uh, you know, we communicate with each other uh, as to who can represent who. And, you know, Tim, I'm really proud to tell you, and I think uh, Council Gomes would say the same, this year we've managed to make sure that at almost every event, I think we missed one this year, almost every event there's been somebody from the council representing the council. And to us that's important because we want to be in the community and we want to be sure the community uh, has access to us at all these events. And, and Council Gomes, yeah. Council Gomes, you were at Parallel Products meeting at Nomandan. Can you do a quick review? Because I think there was yes, a lot uh, of I'll give you a quick synopsis of the other night. It was uh, um, a greater amount of North End residents and residents from the city that were there. Um, and um, are pretty contentious with um, Parallel Products and um, their uh, position in um, locating their facility up in the, the park. Um, a lot of questions were asked. Some questions were not answered. Um, the meeting went on until about 8.30. As I said, um, 
Um, the people are not happy of the North End there. And some of them, you know, it's very interesting that they're, they're just kind of figuring this out and figuring out what may change in that uh, neighborhood up there. Um, I stand firm. Um, I know many of my colleagues do. Uh, this is not the right location. And um, this is going to bring some um, real havoc to the area, whether it's by truck traveling through the roads and um, some of the explanations for um, what is going on and what is going to go on there. It, it seems almost like it's um, uh, we're the stepchild of this. We, 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 it's in the process. We're in the process of how we're going to handle the runoff we're, uh, and how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. That's not good answers for the residents of the city of New Bedford. That's not good for the city of New Bedford. But that's what took place at QC the other night. I, 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 no man and I stand to be corrected. So, so- I agree. Go ahead. I'm and sorry. I just want to add to that. For a while now, the silent people, uh, the people that own property in the business park, have been talking to a few of us veteran counselors about how opposed they are to this project. And for whatever reason, they're uncomfortable, you know, speaking openly at this point uh, because obviously they're members of the New Bedford Business Park. But I think that's changing as well. I think they're uh, getting to the point now where uh, we may see several of these business owners, long-time owners in the business park, uh, step forward and say no. And that's going to be another important step for this administration and the city and the Board of Health to realize uh, that this project is in the wrong location in the business park. And, and if I may just add, sure. if I may just add, um, many uh, of those residents in, in that area, um, uh, again, had no idea. No, they really went to what was going to happen there, and, and they are furious right now, and um, they're not happy, and um, I, I believe that this should have never been located there. Um, one of the most important factors that kept getting asked the other night was who was responsible for the deal, and they wanted to know, and they're not happy. You know who was responsible for the deal. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is we should give credit to um, the South Coast group that has been fighting this issue for us for a while and their outreach i think that's exactly what council gomes is saying their continual mailing of information to the north end residents their um you know their website their calls etc they they get a lot of credit for bringing a lot of awareness to this issue as we're moving forward and, and council goes i'll second up I just want to go back to something that you had mentioned. You you said that the way you were you were um, portraying the, the the answers that you've been getting. Do you feel that they're being dismissive of the concerns, or do you feel like they they really don't even have a plan that this was pushed through before they really had things ironed out? Yes, that's what I feel that it was pushed through. And and again, um, not giving you specifics, but as I said, I talk we were talking about runoffs. What will happen if the the the, the train doesn't move and some of this stuff is not taken out of out of there um what will happen with um with leftover uh, garbage and recyclables or whatever it will be those questions were not answered um to the satisfaction of the people and as i i have a uh, a pamphlet that they gave out um whatever it was the other night the print is so small and 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 the language that was used to the common man they don't understand that they they really don't understand that and it's got to be broken down so that they understand what the repercussions would be. And, you know, when you talk about air quality and all that, and you talk about it being to the minimum, uh, that's not good enough. And then that's not good enough for this council, probably the council president and many of those residents in, in the far north end.
And I want to add to that, Tim, and Council Gomes, I think we've talked about this. Um, there is a dismissive attitude on the part of the leadership of Parallel Products. Uh, Tim Cussins, who is the face of that company here in New Bedford, uh, you know, Council Gomes mentioned to me that he was smirking at the residents the other night when they were asking questions. And I've had experience with Mr. Cussins in the past as a Ward 1 counselor when he developed uh, some housing in this area. And he was that way with the residents there as well. So I, I, I think it's both. I think they don't have a plan, and I think they think this is a done deal, and they're pretty dismissive of people's concerns. And I know those are strong statements, but I really feel that way, and I believe several of my colleagues feel that way as well. I'll just piggyback off that. There's great concerns when you have a, 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 a man of his structure up there and you have residents who are not used to going to a public forum. We know that when we see him come into City Hall, we see him, you know, shaking at the podium and we try to relax him. And Council Morad has done that. We have all done that. And they're there the other night. And they're a little shaky asking their questions written down on paper. And you got a guy smirking up there. Um, I, I don't think that's a proper procedure to take. And it was addressed by um, by one of the residents towards the end of the meeting as to why you're up there smiling. This is a real serious issue for the people of this city, a real serious issue for that northern neighborhood. So this may seem like an odd question considering all that you just recounted for us, but do you feel that there is productivity happening in these meetings, that, it, that at the very least that Parallel Products is aware of the way that the residents are feeling about this, or... Uh, do you feel like they just, you know, they, they, they would rather just be somewhere else as this is going on? Um, I think they're aware of what the residents are feeling. Um, what, what, what the situation is here is that Parallel Products um, feels that um, I think that they're doing everything right. And um, they don't know what the, they, they don't realize what the effects are going to be on, on that community, whether it's through the trucks going into the park um, and the smells everything you know that they, the people were questioning that the other night and then they're giving them all kind of lingo again that um, they don't understand tell them clearly there will be no smells or there will be they couldn't do that they couldn't tell you about uh, certain aspects of the project because again it's in the planning i don't like being the stepchild of uh, the planning of an operation like such as this being brought to this uh one of the first in the state in massachusetts but there still must be other similar facilities elsewhere that they can use as a as a model to kind of project the way that it would happen in New Bedford. Again, Tim, you're going to do a project such as this. You have your standards, your procedures, your policies down pat so that people understand it and what's going to happen. Again, I'm not going to. The city of New Bedford should not be the stepchild of um, the of, of of producing a way to handle the runoff, to handle this, to handle that. Um, that's not good. This stuff should have been tested and, um, like I said, being an affirmative. I don't support the project, and I'll continue to um, stand that way. I didn't from the beginning. My colleagues uh, supported it, and will continue to stand with the residents of that area. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if this project is needed, and so the people from the environmental protection agencies think that, well, that's fine, but it's not needed within 100 feet of a residential neighborhood. And it's certainly not needed, you know, in a beautiful business park as well. And there's no question. I mean, Tim, you're bringing hundreds of trucks a day. They all have garbage in them. Uh, yes, you may be processing your garbage inside your facility where you have all these state-of-the-art 
mechanisms to control odor. But those trucks have to be outside that facility for a period of time waiting to take their turn to go into the facility. Uh, How are you going to stop those fumes coming off that truck? You've been behind a garbage or a fish truck yourself uh, driving down the road. You know what that odor is. Imagine what that's going to be. And then once you process this stuff, you're going to put it in rail cars that are outside waiting to go wherever they're going. How are you going to stop these odors? There's no question about that. And then the noise issue, you know, you're talking about running an operation 24 hours a day in a residential neighborhood. Hello? Uh, we have witnesses on the books that say that that's not what we do in the city of New Beckham. We're trying to protect the quality of life of the people who live here. And you can talk to me all you want about the tipping fees and how wonderful that's going to be uh, for the bottom line of the city of New Bedford, but you're destroying the quality of life of the people that live within two or three miles of that location. And from I'll fight that till the day, uh, till the day it gets past. If it gets past, I'll be laying in the road. I'm telling you now, I'll be laying in the road down there. They'll be arresting me, and I bet Tom Bowles will be sitting right next to me. <laughs> Um, if uh, Tom Davis was there to speak of the former director of the business park, I don't think this would have ever went down with Tom Davis as uh, executive director. This would have been brought to the forefront immediately. This was not, um, I, I feel that this project was premeditated, and when it did come to the fruition of what it is, um, the people in that area did not even know, and the project had already started, and we actually had a mayor who completely supported it. He, he said it. Um, it was a quarter of a mile from the people's house, it, it, the residential area. It wouldn't affect them. Um, it was premeditated um, when this project came to the city of New Bedford because we should have known about it and we should have had a say in it. The business park was intended to be a 21st century business park. It brought the new um, uh, ideas and, and um, the 21st century uh, equipment, whatever it was, that was the intention of the park. And as I said, if Tom Davis was there, this would have never taken place. There would have been the real fight that should have been put on right from the start. I agree. Well, and Council President Moran, I want to also talk about something that we previewed last week uh, with Councilor Pereira. The Ordinance Committee this week, you discussed the dental and vision insurance for Unit C employees, and I guess you, you weren't able to, to move that question forward. Nope, um, we weren't able to discuss it at all um, because that was the night that the parallel products meeting was there. A couple counselors attending there and a couple missing. There There were only eight of us in the chamber, which qualifies for a quorum. And uh, four of my colleagues decided that they did not want to remove that item from the table. There was no discussion, so I can't tell you what the justification for that was. Um, And four of us wanted to move it forward, and in a 4-4 vote, um, that's a tied vote, and that failed, so it remained on the table. Uh, the members of the administration, uh, Judy Keating from personnel, uh, Mike Gagney from the CFO's office, Emily Arkey were in the room. We were ready to discuss you know, what she had done at the direction of the council over the course of the last 60 days, but we weren't even able to get that point uh, to that point because it couldn't come off the table. I was uh, truly disappointed that that was the position those counselors took um you know i have not had an opportunity to speak to them i will over the weekend to figure out why they were in that position why they weren't even willing to listen uh to what had been completed at our direction uh, by the personnel director and uh i don't know what council Pereira is planning on doing um at this point as i said we have so much on our plate between now and the end of the month that I don't think anybody's thinking about, you know, what we're going to be doing in the month of July at this point with the carryover stuff. 
Yeah, so this, it could be a while before this ends up getting resolved then. I would probably tell you that um, we probably won't look at it over the summer. Um, we'll probably have to delay this until the fall. But uh, we'll keep you posted as to what we're going to do. As I said, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to Council Pereira or the four colleagues who decided to leave the item on the table. And and what what's coming up this week? What are some of the big issues that uh, the council will be tackling? So um, we have a memorials and dedication meeting. Um, we have a couple of memorial benches that people in our city are uh, paying for in tribute to a loved one. Most of those are located in, in our parks. Uh, Council Gomes is asking again. Council Gomes, you're asking again about the flagpoles down at the Cape Verdean Square. You, you want to address that? Yes. <clears throat> That's correct. Um, um, at the Cape Verdean Square on County, the Washington Square on County Street, um, some years ago when um, the um, monument and everything was dedicated to the Cape Verdean veterans, we had um, flagpoles put up there. The flagpoles that were put up there were very, very tall. And in the course of um, the wind and everything that we get off the water and from the south end, we've got some poles that are bending down there, and I want to have them replaced. Um, I'm a lover of the, the American flag, and I feel that the flag should fly on every Veterans more, um, Monument across the city. That's what I'm attempting to do, but I want to get these flagpoles replaced um, on Washington Square. I would hope that the administration would support that. Um, I can't see how anyone would not support flying the American flag. I like to fly the American flag at Monty's Playground, where there is also a Cape Verdean Monument. There's one that's up on Hemlock Street. And I'll continue to hunt them down. And where there's not a flag pole, we're going to fly the flag. It's a beautiful piece of cloth, and um, I believe in it, and I believe in our country. And I believe that we should be very proud to fly that flag. And there should be no objection to replacing a flag pole, especially to those Cape Verdean um, um, veterans that served this country, as many others did, for the freedom that we have today. Yep, I agree. Also, we have a uh, Council Giesta has put the... Uh, vacant police station two and the three fire stations that are vacant on the uh, city property attended this week and we are hoping to move those forward um, we'd like to get those back on the tax roll we'd like to uh, see if we can't get some housing in those units they would lend themselves to doing that we'll have a more update for you i know we're not speaking with you next week but the week after as to how we move those forward with the rfp uh, we, um, and then we have appointments and briefings. I, I don't think there's much on that agenda. I think Councillor Carney is trying to move forward some of the livery licenses that are up for renewal and also to move forward a couple of appointments on that agenda as well. Uh, the only other issue that's out there is we have a couple people who are going to address us as we allow, the, as we always have in our appointments and briefings in the public comment area. Uh, there's, I guess there was some issue that I'm not aware of about the Cinco de Mayo Festival that was held this year. And I guess there's also an issue about um, substance abuse that they want to come in front of the council. I don't know, Council Gomes, do you know what that issue is about the Cinco de Mayo Festival that was held? No, I don't. I, um, I really don't, and uh, I, won't, I won't comment on it until I've got yeah. the details on it. Yeah, so we'll be able to give you an update on that as well. We have a council meeting this week, too, Tim. Um, the only thing, I was able to look at the mayor's papers, Council Gomes. There's a couple loan orders for our continued uh, upgrade of our schools for the Hathaway School and the Carter Brook School. Uh, we've been using MSBA money to help fix windows, doors, and roofs. So those are going to be before us. And there are, again, several transfers. 
uh, for the final year-end, um, uh, the year-end process. And then the only other really important thing is there's another appointment coming forward for the Board of Health, which we just were talking about, you know, parallel products. The final decision as to whether it's located in New Bedford will be before the Board of Health. And there was a, a candidate who was put before us a couple months ago, and both Council Gomes and I took a little bit of exception to her answers. Uh, so she withdrew her application, and now there's another one coming in front of us. Uh, Council Gomes, you were very uncomfortable about that person. I was as well, correct? Uh, I, I, again, uh, before I say anything, this is a lady who gave her life to health yep. care within the city and well-respected, but I had to have a position uh, as as putting her on that um, um, board um, will be an impact on this um, project over at, at the park. She was asked the question of um, what her position was. She at that time said that she really didn't know um, too much about it, but uh, whatever. I, I, I just thought that her answers were not good. We brought her in again so that we could get a real class clarification of where she stood on that project and also bringing um, a site to the city um, um, where we would um, a shooting uh, den uh, where you would go and um, you could uh, uh, have um, safe injection site. The public, yeah, excuse yeah, me, safe. yeah, a safe injection site um, within the city. Something that we don't support. We took a position on that on the city council, and we'll continue not to support anything of the sort. Want to help all these people that have a problem, but I'm not about to do it. She couldn't give specifics on that. And then she withdraw her application. The person that is being um, put before us will go through the same procedure and will be asked that same those same questions um, as to where their position is on this because that's so important and vital to um, the vote that will be taken by the Board of Health as to whether Parallel Products does um, um, have their uh, project up there or they don't. They're, they're one of the last that will have a vote, and uh, we want to make sure that um, the people that are appointed to that board understand what the impact is going to be on the city and the Beckford and the residents yeah, of that area. Yeah it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, we're not trying to sway her vote one way or the or anybody's vote one way or the other, but it's unfortunate because, you know, the council has a job to do with appointments, and all we're trying to do is make sure we understand what people know. And when we asked her back, it was to give her an opportunity to educate herself on what we think some of the issues are. But... She didn't even give us an opportunity to have a second conversation, which was unfortunate. Uh, and that board know. is there. That board is there and set to protect the best interests and the health and well-being of the people of this city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you both for joining me today. And as you mentioned, Council wait, President wait, wait, Morad. Well, sorry. Yes, before you go, before you go, um, both Councilor Gomes and I want to just congratulate all the students. As you know, these past two weeks are the graduation and promotion ceremonies of the students in the New Bedford Public Schools and the other schools in the city of New Bedford, whether it be elementary, middle school, or high school. Uh, we want to just send along our congratulations to those students. And this is a momentous day in their lives, you know, something that they strive for for all their life. And we want to congratulate them and remind them to keep reaching for those stars. So, Absolutely. That's correct. And they yep. keep reaching for the stars and, and so very proud of them. This is our future. Um, these are kids that are from our city are going to some of the best colleges in, in, in the country um, that should not be um, underlooked. Um, we, we can be very proud, and we're very proud of them, and congratulations to not only them, but their parents and uh, the faculty 
who've seen this all through, congratulations and keep up the good work. And as yep. Council Morad said, and we continue to say, keep reaching for the stars because they're there for the taking. All right. We will talk again in two weeks when we'll be joined with Ward 3 Councilor Sean Oliver. That's correct. Thanks, Thanks for you. Good afternoon. Take it easy. Have a great weekend. Talk again soon. Thank you. That is New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Brian Gomes. we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. So you're going to have a little bit of potential for rain tonight and tomorrow, and you are going to start to take a look at your roof and think to yourself, oh, man, i got to do something about this. There's leaks. There's fading. There's missing. There's stuff going on up there that I know that I can't handle. Well, you know who can handle it? Precision Window and Kitchen. Now, you wouldn't think that, right, because their name is Precision Window and Kitchen, so you wouldn't think about roofs, but they have been doing roofs for decades, and they do them better than anybody. You want to call them because they have most of the materials they need already on hand. You don't have to wait for them to order stuff. You don't have to worry about supply chain issues and all of that. They keep so much stuff on hand, and they do so much of the work right there in their workshop behind the showroom that they can show up to your home with whatever project it is, all the materials right there. You want them to come in and redo your kitchen? They're building the cabinets behind the showroom and then just coming and installing them right in your home. Check it out for yourself. If you go to their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue, they can show you some of the things that they do there, some of the materials they work with. And if you go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com, you can get yourself a free quote. So have them replace your roof, have them put some vinyl siding up, have them make your home safe, secure, and beautiful this summer. Again, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Uh, Kate, you don't have to worry about that though, because where well, you'll be living, I don't think is in the service area of Precision Window and Kitchen. No, certainly not. Um, but I, you know, hopefully I will have a roof. <laughs> at some point you say hopefully you, you haven't already <laughs> scoped out where you're going to be living you know no not yet okay so let's let's i mean i'm sure most folks know by now but let's set the table you previously lived in vietnam for a time how long were you there i was there about three years and how long ago was that gosh that would have been 2013 to 2016 and so. i can say firsthand you really enjoyed your experiences there you talk about it frequently you've told us so much about you know, the culture and, and what it's like to live there and experience it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised. I figured you'd want to go back at some point. I just thought it wouldn't be so soon. Right. Yeah. And I always intended to go back and visit, but this just turned into something more permanent. So, so. this this means that you don't have to take that vacation you were planning to go there, right? Exactly. All yeah. right. So well, we don't have to cover that. I'm still, I mean, I'm still going to go on vacation. You'll just already be there. I'll already be there. So, and and the question has come up about what you will be doing there when you go there. That's a good question. So um, I'm exploring possibly starting up a media website with a friend of mine who had previously done something similar, um, but it had to shut down for various reasons, including COVID. So we're thinking of starting something new and it's all very fluid. You know, it might not work out, but it seems like an exciting opportunity. What is the media culture like there, especially for an American? That's an interesting question. So For someone like me, obviously, I don't really understand kind of the main media channels. Vietnam television has several channels. One of them is an English language channel, and I used to do some work for them editing. Um, So that was kind of fun editing the news in English in Vietnam. But uh, the media landscape mostly for us is like features, kind of lifestyle. I used to work for a lifestyle magazine while I was there. but they have very serious news as well, also in English. Like I, I did some editing work for Vietnam Investment Review as well. So, um, yeah, so all sorts of different things. And, and do they have access to other 
you know, broadcasts? Or are they getting the BBC World News there? Are they getting any American broadcasts? Sure. I mean, you know, they have the internet, so you can do almost anything. I don't remember um, my television picking up that many channels, but that could have just been a problem with my television and the antenna and less to do with, you know, what's available there. But certainly they have... Um, I think, you know, news in English from, say, Japan and Singapore and places like that. Absolutely. So, and of course, one of the questions that's come up from callers and app chatters is, why would Kate want to go live in a communist country? And, you, and you've said, you know, it, it's communist kind of in, in name, but it doesn't, it, it's not the same thing that people would expect. Right. So, I mean, ever since the 80s, when Doi Mai came into, that's the new economy, um, that came into play and it's sort of similar to the Chinese model where it's capitalist. Many of the largest corporations are state-owned, um, but it's also a very young population and it's a very vibrant um, capitalism. You know, people are starting new companies all the time and it's, it's kind of a very exciting space right now. And it's certainly not, it's, it's not the the Vietnam that people think of when they watch movies and they no. see it, it, it's, it's a much different culture. No, I mean, this is Vietnam in 2023. This is very, like I said, very vibrant, very kind of exciting, lots of opportunity um, and very youthful, lots of energy, very big cities. Um, yeah, it's got like big city feel. So, All right. Well, yeah. we're going to take a break. If you want to call in and ask Kate any questions or give her some well wishes, 508-996-0500. You can also send them via app chat on the WBSM app. We'll be right back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. We are talking with Kate Robinson, who is finishing up her final day here with us at WBSM. That's right. But then she becomes our international correspondent. Of course. And I have already promised to call in. So I'll see what I can do given, you know, the internet connections and all sorts of things. Internet can be a problem no matter where you are, even here in the United States, apparently. Of course. So let's take a phone call here. Good morning. You were on with Kate Robinson. Hello. Hi, I'll make this quick. Uh, we're really going to miss Kate. Oh, um, thank I you. A, a, I sent a message to management of WBSM yesterday, and I said, I got a suggestion. Why don't you let her have like a half hour gig from Vietnam in the morning show with Chris and Marcus? And you get started off with Robin Williams like yelling out, good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I, I know you're going to try to call in. Is there any way we can follow you on on Facebook or something with your experiences? I'm a Vietnam vet and it's been 50 years, but I'd love to be able to hear from you about your experiences, the culture and is that going to be an opportunity that we'll be able to get with you over there or not? Oh, wow. Well, I hadn't thought about it, but um, I do have a Facebook that anyone can sort of find me. I'm friends with, um, goodness, I'm, I think I'm easily findable, Kate WBSM or something like that. And uh, yeah, I'll try to update and let everyone know how it's going and what's going on over there. Yeah, so I that's find a great it very idea. Fascinating. I find it very fascinating. Anyway, best of luck, and we are going to miss you. Thank you. I'll miss Bye. you as well. Bye-bye. Right. Right. Thank you. Uh, we've got to take another break here, Kate, because Marcus needs some help on site. Okay. So uh, we will be back in a few moments. Stay tuned. And welcome back in. We are working to try to make sure that we can get Marcus and Chris connected over at the Bristol County Celebration of Seniors. We want to make sure that we can get them broadcasting live. So uh, we're going to take another break while I work on that. And uh, we will be back in a few moments.
My name is Juanita Segura, and I was diagnosed in November of 2014 with non-small cell lung cancer. The first time I heard about biomarker testing was actually my husband. He just started researching about lung cancer. And I found out about biomarker testing, and I'm like, why not? Let's try it. I'm Dr. Jorge Gomez, thoracic medical oncologist at the Mount Sinai Hospital. Comprehensive biomarker testing is looking for either substances in the blood or mutations in some of the genes of the cancer cells that can help us identify special types of lung cancer that can be treated with what we call targeted therapies. Letting my children know brought all of us a sense of hope to give them hope that mom is gonna be around to see you grow up. And I promised them that. Ask your doctor about how comprehensive biomarker testing before treatment may help you and your doctor decide on the best treatment for you. Visit noonemiss.org for more. A public service message from Longevity Foundation. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.